But my life was a mess. Adolf Kors IV was our speaker that day, and I remember him sharing how his marriage was in trouble. In fact, although he was being groomed to take over the Kors empire, he said his life felt empty. And then God brought him to the end of himself, and Adolf Kors reordered his priorities to put God first. And that really spoke to me. It really resonated. But then he said that God showed him that he needed to put his wife next, even ahead of his children or his business. And that part was hard to swallow. You see, I didn't think my husband deserved the number two spot. He was, uh, he was an alcoholic and had been for the 25 years since we fell in love. And I loved him. So I had tried hard for over half my life to pretend that his drinking was not a problem. But I was nearing the end of my rope. Our, uh, you know, the chaos from our drunken arguments and his DUIs uh, left me angry, bitter, and full of shame. But I still kept trying. I was hell-bent on fixing him and our marriage. 25 years of not being successful at it wasn't enough to convince me that I couldn't do it. I just tried harder and screamed louder. But I left the prayer breakfast that day convinced that I needed to put God first. And I knew I needed to begin reading the Bible so I could understand God's plan for me. And so I did, and, and one verse really hit home. Be still and know that I am God. Only instead of a gentle whisper, it was more like a, like a parent to a disobedient child. Be still and get out of my way. I felt, I felt like God had literally put me in, was trying to put me in my place. But that didn't stop me from knowing that I still needed to read that Bible. And so I joined a working women's Bible study. Um, picture eight to 10 professional business women around the table teaching me, loving me. And it was there that I realized, or they told me, I had to start praying for my husband. You know, I had prayed for him before. First, that God would make him mine. And then that God would fix him so my life would be better. But I learned I had to pray for him, that God would save him from himself. Only he kept getting worse as the disease progressed. I, on the other hand, started getting better. And I finally found myself in Al-Anon, 
which is a 12-step program for families and loved ones of alcoholics. And, you know, that was the last place in the world I ever wanted to be. But it was the first place where I could be honest. And I saw that I had been playing God and trying to control everything. I had a death grip on my marriage and my husband. And I finally admitted that my life was totally unmanageable. There, I came to believe that only God could restore my life. Then I started to let him. And God began to show me how to let go of my marriage and to trust him. Through the experience, strength, and hope of others in Al-Anon, God humbled me. It was there that I, I realized that, you know, I had to... I had to let go of him. There wasn't anything I could do to change him. That was, it took a long time for me to finally admit that. It was impossible for me to change my husband. And then my heart began to change from anger and bitterness to compassion and forgiveness. And I had not been praying for a compassionate or forgiving heart toward my husband. But it just began to happen. And that's when... I had the awful realization that it was time for tough love. And so one morning, my husband was getting ready for work. I said, I love you, and I'm committed to our marriage. But there can be no more alcohol in our home, whether it's in a bottle or your blood. So if you can't stop drinking, you're going to have to find another place to live. And he understood and he tried again to quit, but in just eight days, he, he came home drunk again, and that was it. And I, I didn't respond in anger, but I felt like every bit of hope I ever had had was gone. He moved out, but not before telling me that he loved me and, um, and that he was going to get sober and come back home. But clearly, he wasn't much better at fixing things than I was, because within a month, he got his final DUI and wound up in jail. And that's when he finally reached his bottom, when he knew I wasn't coming to get him. But for the first time, he realized he wasn't alone. In fact, in that moment, he was closer to God than he'd ever been before, not because God had ever been far away, but because I finally stepped out of the way. He checked himself into a 12-step rehab program, and he never drank again. God was changing his heart. He was answering my prayer. And he came back home, and little by little, our marriage came back to life. It took a year for me to begin to trust him, and another for us to figure out how to live together again. And for the first time, we started to actually enjoy each other again. And then we found out that he had a terminal form of cancer. So three and a half years after turning his life over to Jesus and getting sober, my husband died. This was not supposed to be the way the story ended. Uh, and it wasn't the end. Unfortunately, there was more.
Right after my husband died, my 16-year-old son went into a tailspin. It wasn't long before it became obvious that he had inherited his father's alcoholism. <laughs> and I just cried out to God, like, no, not my son. I cannot go through this again. I'm all alone. And here's the amazing thing. You know what the solution was? Same as before. I had to hand my son over to God the same way I did my husband. If I wanted God to show up in a big way, I had to get out of the way. In Al-Anon, we have a saying, I can't, God can, so I think I'll let him. Easier said than done. But that's what I did. See, for nearly 30 years, I have been trying to fix my husband on my own. It was exhausting. And what's worse, it never worked. God showed me that I didn't have to do it on my own. And what's even better, you know, he was there. I was not alone. God was in this. In the same way he worked on me while he worked on my husband, he continued to work on me while he worked on my son. And the whole time he was strengthening me so I could face the tough decisions ahead, he sent an army of men into my son's life. Teachers, coaches, and the neighbor that stopped by on Christmas morning with a gift for him and a note telling him how proud he was of him. And all the men in AA who walked beside him and led him into a life of sobriety. Five years later, my son's faith and his recovery are an absolute miracle. And that's how it works. I can't. God can. So I think I'll let him. I know some of you may have come into the room today, like I did 11 years ago, worn out from playing God and trying to control everything. For me, it was my alcoholic husband. What is it for you? What are you trying to control? It could be your spouse, kids, your coworkers. It could be an addiction. It could be your career. You name it. Here's the thing. The insanity is that it usually starts in a good place. Not wanting your husband to drink himself to death is a good thing. But then it can slowly lead us to a very bad place, playing God and trying to control everything. It's exhausting, and it never works. And it was never meant to work that way. God knew it, and that's why he did something about it. When I was a child, I believed that God loved me and sent his son Jesus so I would have eternal life. But I didn't get why he had to die on the cross or how that had anything to do with my life. But now I see it's made all the difference in the world. Just like my husband's cancer started small and spread quickly until it took his life, my sin, my controlling, my bitterness, it was killing me. And I was powerless over it. And so if I could have taken the cancer out of my husband's body and put it in mine, he'd be here today instead of me. That's what Jesus did for you and me. He died for our sin. All our mess, he took it with him, and he died in our place. And because he's God's son, he was raised from the dead, so he didn't just defeat our sin, he defeated death itself. Although my husband died, I didn't lose him. 
I know where he is. I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. I think that applies to any circumstance. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, I just encourage you to just get to know who he is. Invite him into your life. He'll meet you where you are, no matter where you are. And if you've put your faith in Christ, but you haven't been able to trust him with your life, just ask him to help you let go and surrender. And don't try to go it alone. He created us to be in community. If your life is a mess, don't give up hope. God is faithful. Sometimes we just have to get out of the way. And when we do, he can do miracles like you would never imagine. Like the fact that 11 years ago, I attended my first high-tech prayer breakfast, and here I stand today. Ironic, isn't it? That one of the best things that ever happened to the wife of an alcoholic is a man with the last name Coors. <laughs> we can't. God can. Let's all agree to let him. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Faith at Work. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Carl Grant. Please follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Faith at Work Radio. And for more information on the High Tech Prayer Breakfast, please visit www.hightechprayerbreakfast.org. You've been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. 